Hi, everyone. Lee Arnold here with Country Music Conversations. Last week, we featured songwriter Bob McDill, class of 2023 of the Country Music Hall of Fame. Today, we'll be featuring a conversation with Patti Loveless, also an inductee of the class of 2023 for the Country Music Hall of Fame. But before we start this conversation, here are a few words from our sponsor. Country Music Conversations with Lee Arnold's podcast is made possible by our sponsor, MarketSmith, Inc., the digital media agency that's been growing brands like Toomey, Shark Ninja, New Jersey Lottery, PSE&G, Blue Mercury Cosmetics, and Dick Sporting Goods. You know what makes this agency so good at what they do? Because simply being a marketing agency is no longer enough. Solution-based, problem-solving, and ever-evolving, they create enduring value for DTC and B2B brands by opening up and growing marketing channels. Their patented AI offerings, informed by human intelligence, allow them to act with agility and intellect. I was speaking with the CEO not too long ago, and she was saying they take on clients who know who they are, who want to grow, and clients that know what they want. These big brands choose MarketSmith because they want to merge with a partner who'll make them exceptional and an agency that will grow their revenue. Digital marketing is not easy, but MarketSmith Inc. knows when to make the media dollars work hard for their clients. You have a brand you want to grow? Well, contact MarketSmith.com and tell them Lee Arnold sent you. Patty was born and raised in Pikeville, Kentucky, and is a distant cousin of Loretta Lynn. By the time she was 11, she was playing guitar and writing songs with her brother Roger. They performed at local events and soon were discovered by the Wilburn brothers who had caught their act. After she graduated high school, she began touring with the Wilburn brothers as a vocalist. In 1973, she quit the Wilburn Brothers Band because she didn't have a recording contract. Patty married the band's drummer, then moved to Charlotte, North Carolina. She spent much of the late 70s playing rock cover songs in the Midwest. She moved back to Nashville in the mid-80s, divorcing her husband in 1986. She was inducted into the Grand Ole Opry in 1988 and Patty was extremely popular as a demo artist and duet artist with the likes of Vince Gill, Dwight Yoakam, Travis Tritt, and George Jones. She signed with MCA Records in 1985, and she recorded five studio albums and had three number one singles and many top ten hits. Under the guidance of Tony Brown, the label head, and Emery Gordy Jr., she was on her way. She left MCA Records to sign with Epic Records in 1993. That association paid off as well. She did a variety of styles during those years, including bluegrass, and she had three number one hits, and many other top ten hits followed until she left Epic in 2005. She had no less than nine studio albums with Epic Records, and then she married her producer, Emery Gordy Jr., in 1989. Even though her first few releases with MCA were unsuccessful, 
she broke through with the cover of George Jones' If My Heart Had Windows. Four of her albums at MCA are certified platinum, and in her career, she's had 44 singles on the Billboard charts. Patty's music is defined by a mix of sounds, including neo-traditional country, country pop, and even bluegrass. And her singing voice has been compared to that of Loretta Lynn and Emmylou Harris. Songwriters whose work she has recorded include Matresa Berg, Jim Lauderdale, and Steve Earle. Nearly all of her albums have been produced by her husband, Emery Gordy Jr. Although Patty largely retired from performing in 2009, she has sporadically contributed to other artists' work since then. She's won five awards from the Country Music Association, two from the Academy of Country Music, and two Grammy Awards. The pinnacle of her career is her recent induction into the Country Music Hall of Fame. If I had to describe Patty in simple terms, it would be modest, warm, personable, friendly, and always bubbly. I've always looked forward to every conversation we've ever had. From 1987 at Fanfare, here is our conversation with Patty Loveless. The most beautiful new artist in country music, Patty Loveless. Not really new. You've been around town a long time. For a long time. When I first came to this town, I was 14 years old. And I came back at the ripe age of 25. <laughs> Patty, you really had a very interesting background. I mean, you, you were almost discovered by the Wilburn Brothers. Didn't you work with them at one point? I did. I did a lot of rodeo shows with them and a lot of their concerts with them. I was really too young at that point to really get a record contract, even though I know Tanya Tucker was very young, and she did. But I need a little bit more experience before really going in and making records. And I'm glad I've had that time to grow. You're a writer and a singer. It seems today in country music, if you have both abilities and both talents, it's a lot easier to make it in country music. Oh, it's a lot easier, especially because they are just starred for writers around here. And uh, you think that you can always go out there and find a great song, but it's hard. And uh, you just got to keep writing. I'd say that. Your current favorite is called After All, which you did the other night on the Music City News Award Show. An incredible ballad. You give it such feeling and emotion. Tell us the story behind it. The story behind this song, uh, we were looking for material for my album, and it was right before Reba was going in to do her album, and they were pitching her tunes. And Harry Stinson called me and said, listen, would you mind demoing a song for us because we're going to pitch it to Reba here and see what happens. So I went in and I did the demo and I said, listen, you guys, I said, uh, if Reba passes on this song, if it's not for her, just let me know because I'd love to do it. Next thing I know, I got a phone call and I said, Patty, you want the song? And I said, I sure do. <laughs> and the rest is history. That's it. <laughs> in your album, there was another song that you had a while ago, which was your first hit with a beautiful recitation by Harlan Howard that he wrote. And if you talk about names in country music or writers, he is one of the writers' writers in this business. That's true. I mean, you got to say, I fall to pieces speaks for itself. But Harlan is just a wonderful person. I mean, he didn't even want to take credit for that recitation. And uh, so he says, no, just leave the name off of it. Just maybe record a song of mine sometime. So uh, I'm thinking about really doing another song of his on this album. I'm taking it into consideration. Uh, Harlan uh, came into the studio that day. He says, I'll have the recitation for you, and walked in, and 
the day we were doing the song and brought it to me and said, here it is, kid. And I went for it. I did. I wrote when I was something like 17 years old. So there was no recitation in the song. The idea came about when we were doing the demo for it. And the title? I did. I did. <laughs> and you did. I did. In this new album, Patty, you've written a couple of the songs yourself. I know you uh what else do you like in your, your latest album that you, th you see as a potential single or you'd like to see? Well, uh, I believe Slow Hill and Heart is a great song and Half Over You. There was a lot of good material on this album I was really pleased with. The little Texas swing thing, everything to me, uh, Guy Clark and Keith Sykes' tune was very good. I was really pleased with this first album and I'm just right now looking forward to making a second album coming up in July. Oh, that's great. I guess your brother Roger played a very important part in your career as far as encouragement and seeing the potential in his sister Patty to come to Nashville to be a recording artist. He sure is. As a matter of fact, he's the first one to ever just take me and pull me up on a stage and make me sing in front of people. <laughs> you know, so I have to give him a lot of credit because he was the one that went to MCA with my tape and, and went in there and almost <laughs> forced Tony Brown to listen to it. And I've got a lot to be thankful to him for. Did you ever have any, I, I imagine you did have quite a few disappointments when you first came to Nashville and then had to go back to Kentucky, not true? I, I think there was, well, to be truthful about it, I went to North Carolina. After, oh, that's right. After I left Nashville, I moved to North Carolina. I think the thing of it is I was so young and, and I left Nashville when I was something like eight. I guess I just didn't feel things were happening fast enough. And, uh, but... I'm glad I did that, to get away from it for a while and to come back. You worked in the club circuit an awful long time? An awful long time. What did that teach you? It taught me a lot about people, what people are really about, because once you play clubs, you find out more about people when they get in there and maybe have one or two, you know, they have some stories to tell. If you could be one country singer in another life, who would it be? Besides Patty Loveless. There's so many choices. <laughs> Who knocks you out? Who really knocks me out? Probably Loretta Lynn, I'd have to say. That woman, and, and to be in it for so long as she has been, 25 years, I just can't believe it. That's a long time for somebody. That's called surviving, I guess, huh? She's a survivor, that's true. And she was a great inspiration for you, too, because you're from Kentucky, the coal mining regions. You have a lot in common with a coal miner's daughter. That's right, because I'm another coal miner's daughter. You are a coal miner's daughter? Yes, I am. What was it like growing up in Kentucky? It was wonderful. We had a very close-knit family. Uh, my mama was very overprotective, but it, we lived in the hills of Kentucky, or Pikeville, Kentucky. Matter of fact, it's in the southeast part of Kentucky, close, kind of close to Virginia. And uh, it was uh, very no, no, no city life or anything like that. It was very country. It's almost like the high school and the elementary school is all right there <laughs> on the same ground. When you're recording and when you're looking at material, what do you look for in a country song? I look for songs that uh, people can relate to, that uh, something that people have experienced or somebody out there, which you find out that a lot of people have experienced almost the same thing that you have. And a song that I can melodically use my voice in. Fanfare is a very demanding place. I mean, they'll see here that our fans of Patty Loveless have seen you before. And uh, it can get pretty aggravating at times because people get hot, people get irritated, and it gets close. And we're all human, you know. How, how, do, you, how do you react to that? 
to be truthful about it, I think it's harder on the fans than it is on the artists because artists just got to sit there and just move their hand. But uh, the fans, you know, they have to walk around in that heat and sometimes I don't see how some of them take it standing in line and, and trying to see the artists. So I really appreciate those people out there. Where would you like to see yourself five years from now, Patty? Hope number one. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Long before five years from now. Thank what you. about videos? Videos. I have a video right, right now. It's on After All. and uh, But it comes from the, a clip that comes from New Country. And I've been hearing a lot of people talk about it, telling me they've been seeing it. So it's really doing good for me. When you sing After All on stage before a big audience... What do you feel inside? What goes through your What goes through your head? Well, you know, the thing that really goes through my head on that song when I'm just getting into it because it starts off with just me and the acoustic player. It's like this is such a soft song, and people are sitting out there, you know, and I'm wondering how they're going to react because I know that I haven't really gotten into it yet, and it kind of scares me at first in that first verse. But once I get beyond that first verse and get into the chorus, I'm fine. I'm flying then. <laughs> Thank you, Patty, for stopping by today. It's always great to see you. I think you're one of the brightest, happiest people we have in country music, and I know your future is just limitless. Well, it's been good walking down that country road with you, Lee. Thank you. And there's our country music conversation with Patty Loveless. Hope you enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to next week when our guest will be none other than Emmy Lou Harris. Until then, Lee Arnold reminding you to stay safe and keep it country.